Leadership Story Talks, where we discuss the practices that engage, motivate, develop, retain, and attract people to businesses. We'll give you principles and tools based on real-world stories to leverage listening and storytelling to become a better leader and management professional. Leadership Story Talks is produced by Narrative, a company that focuses on personal storytelling for business. Welcome to Leadership Story Talks. In this podcast, Julie and Ryan and I, Jerome DeRoy, discuss ways in which we can create more engagement in our lives, especially at work. There are more people today who identify as disengaged at work than there are people who say they're engaged at work. We come from Narrative, which is a company that focuses on engaging businesses, wherever they are and whoever their audiences are, through the power of listening and storytelling, and we employ a seven-step method to do so. Now, in this podcast, we cover a lot of different topics around engagement, and we've had a lot of different guests. And today, I'm really happy to to be with Jules again. And it's just me and you, Jules. And I know this that you true. have a lot on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you want to kick us off? This is what's great about these podcasts. I get to share what I've been thinking about and how are we going to solve um, some challenges. And one of the things that's top of mind is all the news about um with the market is changing, there's been some significant layoffs. And what's come to mind when I would be thinking about is there's never been a more important time to really use the act of storytelling in our in your work as an employee, as a leader, because when we learn our stories, it is an immense important market differentiator about how we can talk about our skills and talents. And what have you been finding as you've been chatting with people lately, Jerome? Well, you know, that word uh, differentiator is is something that just kind of sparked something for me because I, I do feel like you that, you know, a lot of people are a little nervous right now. Uh, there's some anxiety because of, you know, market fluctuations and the, the R word is being used. And especially if you're in the tech world, uh, it, it must seem very real because, you know, that was a world that for the last two, three years it was, seemed untouchable and which was, was just going up and up. And now we're hearing about layoffs. So that word differentiator, I think, is more important than ever. And the stories you tell about yourselves are what is is going to, it, that's what's going to differentiate you at the end of the day. You know, your story is yours. It's uniquely yours. Um, as something that happened to you in your experience didn't happen to somebody else, even if it relates to what's going on with a lot of other people, right? But your experience is unique. So tell stories about that as a way to stand out. I think, you know, that's that's really the, uh, the, the thing that you just made me think of right now. First, it can keep you grounded. If you start to use your story to remind yourself where your gifts are, it is a very good tool to say, here's where I'm unique because you're, latest job is not your whole life. Your experiences are whole aggregate of what it took to get you there. And I find sometimes when I've worked in transition a lot with outplacement and coaching that our clients' brains would shut down when they were just looking at their resume in terms of situation, action, result. However, when they start to explain their life in stories of things they were proud of, things that they really did well at or showed immense resilience, uh, lots came out of amazing data that they were able to parse down into sound bites as needed for 
certain conversations. And it also helped ground them in their resume, what they should be leading with, not what somebody's telling them they should do, but something that they really felt strong and confident and that would be projected into their interviews where they were sitting across a desk from me or they're sitting in a screen. And I think that's something that we can get distracted about. And likewise, it's also a great motivational tool for your team to remember what they're very good at when you're sitting in a department um, and to curate examples of accomplishments and use it. It's a cheap, I call it a cheap and cheerful tool for motivation, telling people what they're good and having them hear themselves tell them, uh, their accomplishments on a regular basis. Mm. You know, one of the best advices I got was from a career coach um, mm. that, that said to me, you know, I want you to think about the experiences that made you feel good or that made you feel a way that a preferred way that you would like to feel, you know? So for example, you know, I want to feel confident. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel assertive, you know, all of these kind of positive ways of being. First, you think of that for yourself. And then you think of experiences where that happened. And then you start to unpack that story. And it was really great for me because it brought me back to experiences. You know, I thought of I thought of a time when I when I won a, a tennis match. Uh, you know, my first uh, tennis tournament. I was 17 years old, and, and oh, wow. it was the it was my high school uh, tournament, and um, and I and I lost in the final, but I lost in such a way that I was really proud of because I, I really gave it everything I got. And then the next year, I came back and won, but. It wasn't about the winning of the tournament. That's not what gave me the good feeling. The good feeling came from a place where I actually lost. The result was not a great one. And of course, I didn't feel great in the moment. But in my memory, it was a great experience because I remember coming back and nobody was sort of thinking, wow, this guy's going to get, you know, he's going to get two six zeros. That's what six loves. You know, that's what's going to happen. And it wasn't that at all. It was a very tight game, much tighter than what people thought. But that's the experience that I remembered because it made me feel a certain way. And then, you know, there were other ones in my career, but I think these stories that we have, it's it's the, the point you were making earlier that made me think of that. Because I think when we're in a certain career and we're in a trajectory, we only think about that box that we're in. And we're like, oh no, I just lost this job and that was my whole life. And now, you know, I have to prove to a new employer that I'm good at this job, that I'm still good at this job despite this setback. And so I tend to look at my recent experiences in this particular sector that I'm in. But you can go back all the way back in your memory and just if, starting with that place of feeling really helps. Well, I, I don't think I should trademark this, but I call your example something I would use as a connected dot. You mm. use that example from the past and then you show how it shows up because that analogy say like that was losing but winning at the same time and how you use that resilience to go forward another time in the future and you didn't give up and you're you were a class act you gave it all your guy left it on the floor to how it shows up in your job and your accomplishments now now that is a much more visual example to give somebody who's been sitting there going through the resumes by the hundreds and conversations where everybody starts to sound the same and you, and you lose the distinction. But an example like that lives on because you can write it down in your notes. And as I used to say to many coaching clients, I can walk it down the virtual hallway or the real hallway later on that day, that week, 
later, you know, in the month when we were ready to present, I look at that notes and I'm like, oh, now I remember why that guy struck a chord with me because he did X, Y, and Z. And I think he's worth looking into and explore, you know, exploring, especially when resumes are not most traditional versions and people have done eclectic things. Those stories do speak for you louder than any um, example you could give that's very cut and dry. Um, and I'm telling this from experience, you have not lived to your red hundreds of MBA resumes. They're like, okay, another <laughs> one did strike. Tell me something new. <laughs> Tell me yeah. something distinctive. You know, like everyone's taking the same class. So you have to stand out. And so you're helping yourself in the process as well as the person who really does want to make a good match and a good, um, you know, situation happen. So it helps. It definitely helps. So thank you for that. And I'm thinking when you're talking about me hitting a tennis ball, like over the fence <laughs> at the local high school, very powerful, you know, stroke, but not the right direction sometimes. So yeah. it, I'm admiring the fact that you actually won in tennis. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, and I think what you just said, you know, is, uh, you know, I'm going to remember as a, as a recruiter, as an employer interviewer, I'm going to remember the guy who who told me about the tennis match that he lost, you know, but came really close. And then the next year he won because of the lessons he learned. Then the person who took the same class as 10,000 other people, right. Mm -hmm. And only talked about that class. Um, so, so I think you're right. You know, it's, it's, we have to be aware of that fatigue. It's like, you know, it's like when you write your college essay, you, you have to sort of really think about those experiences that genuinely demonstrate who you are because um, at the end of the day it's a very human exercise and everybody goes through it and you know the people that interview you they want to find out who the human being is in that resume um, and, and you know you have to trust that everything that needs to be in your resume is there and then it's up to you to tell stories about experiences that are not in the resume and that you can build on and that are going to stick in the other person's memory. But, you know, at the same time, being genuine about it, you know, it's not all about, you know, the wow factor. <laughs> and you and I have been through this. We all have been through where we're just giving information, like reporting. And we did this, we did this report. We did, and it's all of our energy is just flat. Ask us something we're really proud of and energize. Suddenly the room changes, the energy changes, you're engaging. So I would ask people a long time ago when I was still recruiting, what's a job you walked away from? And you said, yeah, thank you, but no thank you, because I wanted to see what was some of the bullets that they didn't like, but also watch the energy. Mm -hmm. Because then I had like a test retest later on. The other question I used to ask is your 2020 question, what went epically wrong? And that was a lesson that showed up today. Now, that's when I start to really tell stories because I used to get a headlight, you know, deer in the headlight look from somebody like, this is not my weakness question I was expecting, but what happened, I would tell some terrible experience I had as a you know, new manager or something, and people start to relax. And they're like, I can't believe you're sharing that. But in the meantime, they start to pull things that really did go wrong and what they learned from. So trust formed in that room. And I was able to learn a lot more what made them tick. And again, advocate. And some of those people, actually one of those people was how I met you. I mean, they were, they became a client later on or a referral because they were, they didn't get the job, but they felt 
very respected and heard in the end. I just want to do a shout out of a thank you. But so it's that relationship you form in that conversation that matters. And the more you can reveal what really makes you happy and ticking, that's great. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't pay attention to that. Now, I know when it's stressful, you want to go into, you know, get it done mode or something, but just give yourself time to remind yourself where your value added is and what lights you up. Because you're going to still be working or spending a lot of time pursuing a job or finding a space within your organization. Do right by yourself uh, is my guidance. Lessons learned. They're hard lessons, but they're worthwhile. And I think there's something, you know, that that you're talking about that I just want to point out uh, is that, you know, I was speaking mostly from my experience as, as someone being interviewed or working with people who are going to be interviewed um, or in that process. And, um, and we kind of opened with that as well. And I, I think it's really important to highlight what you just did, which is that it's from the interviewer's perspective, the questions you ask uh, to, to elicit that kind of energy that you're talking about, those things that make people tick, et cetera. Uh, because, you know, if you ask a question like, what's a moment that made you feel so proud and you hear something that's kind of canned and generic, well, that tells you something about someone. But then, as you said, if you if you see the person light up about an experience that was really dear to them, then you're like, okay, this person is connected, you know, and they're connecting with me in this moment. So I think, I think, yeah, for people to kind of prepare themselves, but also whoever is listening to us out there that is in those positions, like you were, um, you know, in that position of interviewing someone else and asking questions, think about the questions you ask to elicit those those kinds of stories and experiences, because that's going to tell you a lot about this person that you're trying to, to recruit. And one of the reasons of asking that question was, is somebody reflective? If somebody's learning by their mistakes, you know, is somebody really ready to own, you know, what things don't go right all the time in a, and even if it's about a prior job, if they're they're at a good place and they've made peace about why the change is happening, that is a person that's going to work well with their group and their team. So there's mm. so many different reasons to not just sing your praises about what went right, but also where some of the challenges are and, and use it as a, as a connection tool to really advocate for yourself and say why you're resilient and, you know, gone, gone through tough times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I think this is again uh, a wealth of uh, of insights and perspectives for for people who uh, who maybe are going through a tough time right now. Um, you know, whether it's because of these layoffs or or just because it's it's an anxiety provoking time. Uh, to to you know, we're here to tell you that there's hope. There are ways to to motivate yourself, and and you know, they're within you. Your your stories matter, and uh, and you have a way to tell them. You know, just connect with those experiences that that made you feel a certain way. That feeling that you want to keep going with. Um, you know, there are stories connected to that, and it's going to resonate with others, especially employers and interviewers out there. And lastly, having gone through a few recessions, there are opportunities that happen even in those times. I've been in an organization where mm. we were letting people go. At the same time, we were also building out different parts of the organization. So listen to right. the news, listen to the reports, get savvy, but also do your own homework and keep digging and uh, find positive things to do that helps move your needle along to the direction you want to take your career. Yeah. When a door closes, closes another one opens. Mm -hmm. uh, great. Well, we, we will certainly uh, keep our ears to the ground as well. And uh, 
And really want to thank you, Jules, for uh, for these insights based on your own career and experiences. I think it's really, really valuable. Hang in there. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, as as always, um, I think it's a good place to to remind people. Um, you know, thank you first of all for listening, and and second, um, remind you to subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you find podcast podcasts, and um, wherever you do find podcasts, there are usually ways for you to leave a comment, leave a review, uh, like the podcast or the episode you just listened to. Those are great ways to create word of mouth and have more listeners that can benefit from these insights and perspectives of both me and Jules and our guests. And uh, if you want to learn more about narrative and and find more resources uh, that are available to you, you can go to narrative.com, N-A-R-A-T-I-V.com. There you'll find all of our podcast episodes. Our entire archive is there, as well as our our (laughs) blogs, absolutely, and us. Our, our beautiful team, uh, which consists of more people than just me and Jules. And so you can find out more about everyone there as well uh, and all of our work. And if you or your team want to learn how to find, craft, and tell compelling stories that are going to move your audiences in ways that you have never been able to do before, please contact us. And uh, we are always ready to listen. Thanks so much, Jules. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much. It's a game-changing experience every day, but thank you. Till the next time. Cheers. Bye. For more information on the narrative listening and storytelling method and how it can help your business, go to narrative.com.